Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of the We Are Speaking podcast. During each 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are very glad you are joining us today. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the pub podcast episodes through the website or through your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of the We Are Speak of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hey, good to be here. <clears throat> well, this week, there are so many important and, and mind-blowing things in the news this week. But I think uh, the worst, at least for this week, is the Buffalo Massacre that occurred last Saturday, May 14th, 2022, in Buffalo, New York. Keith, tell us about what happened there. Well, what happened was a, a young man who basically was acknowledged, uh, self-acknowledged white supremacist who um, believed that in what was been promoted, uh, been referred to as the replacement theory, which is basically saying that uh, there are two white people are being replaced by non-white people. And he was very afraid of that um, and of that happening. And so in order to take matters into his own hands, he walked a store in Buffalo, uh, New York, and he was wearing a ball, completely suited up with but with body armor as well as military weapons, so he had planned this. This was not um, well, the lone gunman that so often got people try and portray as somebody who was just a troubled young man or anything like that. Obviously, he was sick, but this was a man who had planned this attack, who had, who had made it his mission to come in and murder as many black people as he could in a neighborhood that he knew was black. And also, and as you pointed out in one of your articles, this was this was a store. There was also a gathering place uh, for many of the black people in that in that neighborhood in that area. So he knew who would be coming. He knew what about what time he would have be able to kill as many people as he could. And before I pass it on to you, I want to keep on going on myself. But I think that it is important to note that I believe during was it the Charlottesville when the men were marching through right. the streets right. and they were shouting that exact same thing. What white men who were marching through. Uh, the streets, white supremacists saying, you will not replace us. You will not replace us. And this is also something that's being promoted by the Fox uh, television host, uh, Tucker Carlson, and who obviously is trying to weasel his way out of it. But it's well known that this is, this is something he's been promoting or talking about for a long while. And so this, so this is just, well, Trent, your question was, what happened? And that's, and that's what happened on, on May 14th. Yes. Yeah, so just to go along with what Keith said and, and to back up just a little bit, first of all, we are not going to mention his name in this podcast or anywhere. I published an, an article on the We Are Speaking website yesterday, May 19th of 2022, about this particular issue, giving the history of the uh, racial discrimination in Buffalo, New York, that caused the separation of white and black areas in Buffalo. And the fact that because of the separation, a lot of the lower income black people lived in an area that had almost no amenities. It had no grocery store until 2003. In 2003, Tops opened up a full-service grocery store 
the only one in the entire neighborhood, which is why it became a, a gathering place. And so as Keith was saying this, we found out everybody shopped at Tops. And they, because they not only was, had shopping of a full service grocery store, but also there was a bank there for people's convenience, a drugstore there. So besides the fact that it was, and because of the fact that it is the only full service grocery store, everybody shopped there. And so all the way back in February of this year, this person, he's, he's 18 years old. This person took it upon himself to, first of all, I don't know why he chose Buffalo. He lived 200 miles away. But he did, he did, I guess, look up different zip codes where a lot of black people lived. And I guess near, he's not that, he's not close to New York City where he, where he allegedly lived. I guess Buffalo was closer. So, so he studied the area. He looked up the zip codes where most black people lived. And, and that's how he came across this neighborhood in Buffalo. Where did he live? I, I don't know where he lived. Okay. All I know is that it was 200, 200 miles, miles away. 200 miles. And 200 miles, if you're going 60 miles an hour, is on the, on the highway. That is two and a half hours of driving just to get there. And he did this multiple times. But in February of this year, he, he cased the joint, as they say, cased the supermarket so many times, he, it was obvious what he was, well, not obvious what he was doing, but obvious that he did not belong there. Put it that way. And now people are, are, are getting ready to file a lawsuit against Tops, the supermarket, for not upping their security when, they, when obviously this person did not belong. Then that's going to be kind of hard to prove. Right. But just in the aftermath. So what he did, he researched it. He went to visit it several times back in February, uh, a few weeks ago, and he even visited it Saturday morning. And during his research, he, he uh, knew that the heaviest shopping uh, times were around 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's why uh, his rampage was at 2.30. He chose that particular place. He chose that particular time. And uh, like uh, Keith said, he, was, he, he put body armor on himself. Which is why he was. Which is why the security guard who he killed could not kill him. He could not kill him. That's right. But he killed the security guard who just happened to be a thirty-year veteran of the Buffalo Police, a retired thirty-year veteran of the Buffalo Police Department. In his retirement, he decided to be a security guard. And this particular security guard actually saw him there previously and told him, you know, and, and kind of you know told him to get out because he came to the store so many times over and over in a very short amount of time. But so and, and he had AR-15s and one of the AR-15s that he had, he actually wrote on the on the gun nigger because that's that was his target. And for people who are trying to say, well, he was just an 18 year old kid. Number one, 18 years old and graduated from high school is not a kid. Okay, not, and especially not when you can write a 180-page manifesto, which he uploaded to Google Drive. He uh, live-streamed his rampage on several of these live streaming sites, and it was came out today. There were 18 or 20 people that they could see were watching him live-stream this. Then, of course, once the police got there, of course, he was taken into custody without being harmed. That almost always happens when the perpetrator is white. But he what he what he did he shot thirteen people, and killed ten, 10. all ten of them that were black at this grocery store, and they were just regular people going shopping on a Saturday afternoon. One of them was a thirty-year-old man who just ran into the store to buy a birthday cake for his three-year-old son 
for a three-year-old son's birthday. Another was a woman who was getting ready to fix dinner for her for her family, like she did every week, and she went in to get a few things. And, so these, and, and, and it just goes on and on like this about these regular people who he decided he was better than, he decided he needed to kill because killing 10 people is going to solve the problem of, of, the, of, the, uh, repla- of the great replacement theory. And the great replacement theory, which has been touted by not only Tucker Carlson, but, other, but Elise Stefanik, who was the, represent- the third ranking Republican in the House. And they, threw, they, gave, they took away, when I say they, I mean the Republicans, took away the leadership of the Republican Party in the House from Liz Cheney, who is about as conservative as you can get, but she is for country over party. And so they threw her out because she would not um, say that Trump won the 2020 election and put Elise Stefanik in her position. And Elise Stefanik, even after the shooting, doubled down, and she's a, congr- she's a congressional representative, doubled down on the, on the Great Replacement Theory. This week, CPAC, the con- Congressional Political Act, the con- conservative, I'm say, conservative Political Action Committee, is meeting in Hungary, hung outside of the United States, in Hungary, with Viktor Orban, who is the leader of Hungary, and who wants to, in his country, does what's called illiberal democracy, which means he's against all rights, he's against the media, he's against everything. He's against same-sex marriage, he's against immigration, and that's what the Republican Party wants for America, which is why they're meeting there. And the Great Replacement Theory says that whites are becoming a minority, especially white voters, especially white Republican voters, are becoming a minority, and that the Democrats are are letting all these immigrants in so that they'll vote Democratic. And these immigrants will be so grateful that they were allowed to come to the United States that 15 years from now, when they're American citizens, they'll vote Democratic. That's how crazy this is. But it's not only crazy, but it's dangerous. And this, and he said this in manifesto that he was following this theory and this is why he decided he had to kill black people yeah i think the whole thing about it is is basically that that's this has been a fear that's been brewing for a long time i mean there's it's been a number of time for example california is already whites of the minority in in the state of california i believe it's 2056 or 2054 when they project that whites will be the minority in the united states all in all and so that fear has been coming for a long time those who have been afraid of that are, are nervous about what that pretends have been taking measures about mm-hmm. that. And I think what you see with many of the Republicans now, as Pam stated, is exactly that. They're taking measures to see that this does not happen because they know they know what that means for them. And so right. the Republican Party is was one thing when there was no threat, but now that when they, when they feel threatened, it's become an entirely different thing. And when and so it's a, it's a party of, of fear now. Mm-hmm. And it's not a party of ideas. It's not a balancing political party to the Democrats. It's strictly a, a party of fear and hate. And, and hate and revenge. And I think that and that's what President Trump unleashed for, for the former president was that that sort of that sort of hatred. And and I think that now what's so now what's coming in terms of the the question is in terms of is, is how. To deal with that, because as long as you continue to have in, in the media, oftentimes in terms of the two side theory, that one side is doing what the other side is doing just as bad, etc. I'm accepting the fact that nobody's 100% anything, but until we're, we can call it out for what it is 
And that is that's the problem. And there is no question, it is without doubt, on the Republican side of the aisle that this is taking place. The replacement theory, everything, the white supremacists, all of these, none of these are aligned with Democrats. Right. You know, I mean, and want to talk about the faults that Democrats have exhibited? Sure. Nobody's saying that that's, that's perfect. I was talking with a, a very liberal friend of mine the other day. I mean, and his, his gripes, and I'm not saying they're not founded. They're there. But but it was not Democrats who tried to take over the government. Right. I destroy the government, they, actually. Right. Destroy the government. And that that is what's, and that's what's happening now. And that's the danger. And so when people, when you start talking about that it all it also I'm, I, when you're talking about the race based part of it because there's the government part there's also the race based go back to the destruction of Black Wall Street in all um, Tulsa Tulsa that whole issue was once again a destruction of, of any any evidence of black power right and that's and that's where the fear becomes because there's the fear there's the, there's two one fear is that because of the knowledge of what's of what black people have gone through in the country from slavery on up that's why they want to erase it because they cannot conceive it. they look at it from their own perspective if you knew that this happened to your family right how would you feel right if you knew that your relatives were treated this way generation after generation, you would want revenge. So that the best way they can deal with is to say, well, let's just don't don't teach it. Right. In the schools, you know, replace, you know, and, and, and make themselves the victim. The replacement theory, which is voiced by the killer, is saying, OK, I'm the victim. Right. Because, you know, there's not enough white people and white people are under threat. So all of a sudden you, the, that they've shifted the argument mm-hmm. from what has happened and what needs to be done to correct the balance to say, no, wait a minute. White people are the victims. Of right. This. Right. And that is not the case at all. You know, the, and, and but. And what happens is, is that the history keeps on proving them wrong. And they, it's like Pandora's box. They keep on trying to sit on it and, and, not, and not let the truth out of the box and try to distort it. But it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up. And so they keep trying to rewrite it and they keep trying to ignore it. And they keep, you know, they just say, if we don't answer the door. Maybe it'll go away. And speaking of that, and because all of this is really, so speaking of that, a lot of people online this week, especially educators, have been saying, okay, you are saying that we cannot teach black history. You are saying we can't teach anything race related. Yet our children are coming to school traumatized by what happened in Buffalo. Talk about what happened in Buffalo. You will arrest us for doing race-based teaching. And so, as as we all as we all should know, I should, I should say, there is no such thing as critical race theory in uh, uh, K through twelve schools. It's not taught K through twelve. It's not taught in undergrad. It's not taught in master's degree programs. The only place critical race theory is taught is in law school and in some PhD programs. But as usual, the Republicans have taken CRT to mean anything race based. Or black history. And so they're, they're railing against this. And so now, and, and I say this as a former teacher. Okay. The kids came to school Monday morning with all kinds of questions about the, the, the Buffalo massacre. And of course, different questions depending on your, your environment. But the teachers couldn't say anything about it because if they did, they'd be accused of race based teaching. So all of this is related. And to go back to, and I want Keith to speak to this, every single, now, let me, I should say, I should not say every single one. The shooter in, uh, at Virginia Tech several years ago, that was one of the first, ma- first mass shootings at a school. The shooter at Virginia Tech, I believe he was a Chinese America, American, I, I believe. But 99.99% of these mass shooters 
are white males, mm-hmm. not even white females, right. and males. certainly not black people. Right. I don't know why, but we just don't go around with AR with AK 47s murdering people at random. But and yet, every single one of them has been taken in. I think there's a couple of them. I think the the, the students who shot up Columbine, mm-hmm. the, and they and they intentionally wanted to be shot. Right. There's a couple. There, there's some people who do these kinds of things. It's called uh, it's called suicide by cop. Yeah. They mm-hmm. want the cops to kill them. Right. Number one, they want to die, and they think they're going to be they're going to die a hero. But but of of all the ones who were not killed by cops, which is ninety nine point nine percent of them, they are apprehended without being shot. Without even being tased and uh, taken into custody, just as calmly and and coolly and quietly as possible, and that it, it's a pattern. The minute there's a crime committed and it's reported on the news, you know immediately, it, uh, you know if if the perpetrator is white, because number one, they don't give his name immediately, they don't give his race immediately, and they don't uh, look back to see that he got five parking tickets ten years ago, <laughs> which which means he's a criminal. I mean, the biggest, well, most recently, the be- the best example of that is what happened on January 6th. Right. When you had thousands of people storm the Capitol, the first time the Confederate flag was ever waved inside the Capitol building, assault on police officers, blatant assaults, you know, beating with, with, with flags and everything else. And what happened? When they got done, they turned around and went home. Right. Okay? Right. Now they're tracking them down. One by one, you know, and, and and starting to bring them back to justice. But meanwhile, they were just sitting around at home. Nothing happened to them when they were brought to justice. As Pam just said, they were not they were not tased, thrown to the ground, and and had their face slammed in the cement. They were just calmly arrested. Now, these are people who who attacked the United States government and were allowed to walk and drive away after they had done that. And that it was amazing. There were reporters that talked about that. But it to me that was a huge story. How can you have that kind of assault? Because as as it's so obvious to black people, if this had been fifty black people who had stormed the Capitol, they would have been slaughtered. They well, first of all, and and that's true because first of all, then there's pictures going around. There was a peaceful protest of black people. They didn't even get. They weren't even allowed to get anywhere near the Capitol before. As they were walking down the street, marching down the street, the National Guard and and Metropolitan Police, they were already on the steps with guns. So they didn't even let them get across across the street, number one. Number two, talking about the former guy again, there were some peaceful protesters um, near the uh, White House, and he wanted to go to a church to hold up a Bible upside down. And he actually said, we should shoot these protesters to get them out of my way. So it depends on who's protesting. It depends on who commits the crime. On how they are treated. And because of that, and because these people know that, that's why people like this Buffalo massacre shooter think they can get away with it. Well, they don't think they can. They know they can't. I mean, right. there's, I suspect part of the reason why he targeted that area where he did was because he, he figured that was an area where he could probably get away with it. Right. He did his research. He didn't come to any large, I mean, huge urban black. I mean, Buffalo, he went to somewhere where he could probably walk away and get away with it. But there's also, is the, once again, it's... The, the fear factor. Right. The fear factor. When, 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 when you have white cops who feel like black people, number one, nothing's going to, nobody's going to care what happens to them. And number two, that there, there's, 
the fear factor right. in terms of what are they going to do? Black people are violent. Well, there's always a retaliation. So when you have, as you pointed out, all these things that have happened across the country, when you have the the young man who who bombed the federal a federal building, Timothy um, McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh. I mean, and every time, almost every time. It's the lone gunman. Right. He's he's he had a troubled childhood. It's the loner. I mean, there's and then and this is somebody who blew up the entire building. Yes, and, and they for, they yeah. forget to mention that he was part of the Michigan militia. Right, right. That's where he learned all this stuff. Part of Michigan militia. And once again, these white men. You know, Michigan militia, Michigan militia is a bunch of disgruntled white men who aren't been in the government. The men who who were, were try who were going to hold Governor Gretchen Whitmer hostage and kill her were white men, mm-hmm. part of that whole militia thing. Then, But every time that you have this happen, whereas opposed to when you have, and as you pointed out, when you look at these incidents of these of these mass shootings, almost every time, there was one, and I wish I could remember the name, there was one incident that got a lot of notoriety, probably because it was so rare. There was an older black man and a younger black boy where he where he was a, where he was a sniper, and he was mm-hmm. killing people. And oh, that was in Washington, D.C.? Right, 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 right. Yeah, and it was like random, and that, and it was so rare because it it, it, it was like black people never did that. Right, and it but, wasn't a massacre. They would they, he was a sniper, and as bad as it was, right. he would kill one person here, and right. then six months later, kill one person, person there, that, right. and, and and it was over two years over two that years. he killed like five or five eight people, people. And, and and that is scary, but that is not a massacre with an AK-47 because it was rare the fact that, that that you never see that it's not drawing conclusion about white people versus black people but it's just a matter once again of the facts right. you can draw your own conclusions but the facts are you do not see that Show me the story where you have the lone black gunman going into a white neighborhood and mowing down white people. Right. That does not happen. You know, as sad as it is, the majority of black 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 murders are murdering black people. Right. And that is because let me see, like I got to stop you right there. That is because the majority of shootings are between people who know each other. Right. Because I have to, I always have to correct people because the majority of white people murdered are murdered by white people. Right. But, so, but they make it look like black people are more violent. Well, okay, go ahead. Right. Right. Because right. that drives me crazy. Well, no, I said that, but yeah. But it's not about who's more violent or not. When you start talking about when people are murdered, you do not have blacks leaving their neighborhood and making a plan right. to go and say, okay, I'm going to go, if you're here, here in Detroit, I'm going to go to Bloomfield Hills or Gross Point and go to Gross Point High School where most of the kids are white and I'm just going to mow down all these white kids. Right. You do not see that. You never see that. You, you don't see that happening. And, the, and, and then that gets back to how we started with the replacement theory, with the fear, you know, with the fear of who, a fear of the other. Fear that these people are replacing me. These people are a threat to me. You know, you know anybody... Any group of people should be a f- fear of who's a threat to us. With the history of, of of white oppression versus black people in this country, we have, and not obviously not to say that you know, this is what you do, but if anybody has, should be saying, I'm afraid of being a place and being wiped out, it should be black people. Right, right, because you that's know, been the history. That's been the history. We've been the ones being assaulted. So if anybody should be angry, if anybody should have be angry enough to want to go out and blow up somebody, right. it's black people. You know, I mean that, that we're the ones with the grievances, right. but but every time it's turned to the, all our grievances are minimized, mm-hmm. and then they're either minimized or they're erased. Right. It never happened. You, right. know, so, you know, the slavery never happened with the Jews. The Holocaust never happened. You know, it doesn't happen. Like they're saying January sixth didn't happen. Right. You know, that right. Black Lives Matter did January sixth, and can now so people who have their own set of facts are the ones who are telling the tale, and so that's how that's what the new the new war is, right. and that's what's making this whole thing so dangerous. It's just 
just don't don't believe your lying eyes. Everything you see happening in front of you never happened. Every because that's the only way. That's the only way they combat it. Right. Is to is to lie about it, say it never happened, and and to turn the whole tale around. And it's, and, and it's causing extreme. That's what they're doing with this with this with this murderer. They're saying because he was eighteen. Oh, he's just a teenager with mental health issues. No, an eighteen-year-old high school graduate is a man. Right. Okay, Trayvon Martin was a teenager. He right. was 17. Michael Brown was 17. He was a teenager, but he was looked at as a dangerous man right. because he was a little bit larger. And right. as a matter of fact, they look at all blacks, especially men, especially teenage boys, as dangerous men. Right. But these white people, and especially these very young white people, oh, they're just lonely. They had a bad childhood. They have mental issues. And that's what they're trying to say. This week, with the right wing who's been pushing this great replacement theory, they're trying to say, oh, oh, he had mental issues. Yeah, he had mental issues, all right, because he threatened to blow up his school last year. Right, right. right. No, that, that's the whole, no, that's exactly that's exactly it. That's what you know. There, but, but that gets back to the thing against again. The only way they can deal with it is to erase it. You and know, and they, make they, themselves they, the victim and put the blame elsewhere. Elsewhere, never, never apologize. You're right. Never apologize. Never, never confess. Mm-hmm. Never apologize. Never confess. Whatever, whatever it is, and that's the, and that's the way they move forward. No matter what happens, never, ever, ever admit your guilt. Never apologize. Never admit the you. And we're still not dealing with that in the way it needs to be dealt with. Right. You cannot deal with somebody who works that way. In in a in a fair and uphand in a completely nice and above the board way, right? You know, you have to develop some similar tactics right. to deal with these people because this because this, otherwise they're going to tear, they're going to succeed this time. Right. They've been working for a long time, and if we don't really come at it in a strong way, we're going to, mm-hmm. we're, going, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to lose lose the, or have the country in a lot. Of, I don't want to say lose the country. That's a big statement, but we're going to be in a disarray. Right. You know, more long, disarray, more disarray for a long, long time. Exactly, exactly. And so, I always like to end with looking for solutions. And so we'd like to hear what you have to say. What do you think we can do besides decrying what's happening? My solution always, of course, is to vote blue. <laughs> That's always my number one solution. But other, but besides that, what else can be done? Because and the reason this is so scary is because you never know when it's going to happen. And yet, on the other hand, as Keith was saying, White people don't have to worry about this. They don't have to worry about black people coming into their neighborhood shooting the place up. Back in, uh, what is it, 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, when there was a rash of black churches being burned down for no reason except that they were black churches, you never heard about a black person going to a white church and, and burning it down. It, it never happened. And, but there was, excuse me, but there was a whole rash of black churches being burned down for no reason except they were black churches. And so why are black people always so angry and high strung? Well, it's really baked into our DNA after centuries of this, after centuries of being hunted down and being terrorized. And that's what it is. It's, it's, it, they do that to terrorize. It's, it's really baked into our DNA. So again, before we um, close up for this week, think about some ways, some solutions that we can all implement, either short-term, long-term, small solutions, large solutions. And we'd love to hear about it in the comments. Yep. And thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week.